picks up on where my head's at. He's been married for years. He's seen multiple weddings that he's done. Picks up on it, and he uh, he tells a joke. I'm still debating on how appropriate this joke is, but it's the joke that started my wedding. Okay. And he goes, in heaven, the Germans will be the mechanics, the English will be the police, and the French will be the cooks. Okay. In hell... Welcome to the 42 Podcast, where we discuss life together, looking for answers to life, the universe, and, well, everything else. Here are your hosts, Rob and Lindsay. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? You seem better. You're perkier. Yeah, I'm not dealing with a migraine and sinus facial explosion and, uh, yeah, last week was rough. You sounded pitiful last week. Uh, yeah, I really did. <laughs> so, but I think that was a good conversation. I think we... It, it was. Yeah. It was. And we, we definitely asked some things that we should pick up with this week and explore a little bit. But, but I want to I, I wanna share a story. Okay. Because I definitely was like, oh, I think I just got schooled. Oh. About your dad? Yeah, I told you about this a bit. So I was talking to my dad, and uh, I was driving home from work, and he brought up General Grievous from Clone Wars and Episode 3. And the stuff I know from General Grievous is all in Clone Wars and Episode 3. I, I don't know any of the extended lore as well as some of the other stuff. I was like, oh yeah, he was a warrior, he chose to become a bionic, and... Dad's like, no, 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 he got tricked by the Sith, and, you know, he thought he needed to become a bionic, and it was actually Dooku, and, yeah, hmm. no, it was really interesting, because it was like, oh, I didn't know that, I don't know, just a little. Share your source, that way, uh, I mean, besides your dad, but, like, because people who are nerdy and follow this channel might might be interested in that Yeah, uh, I did YouTube not, channel. I did not know that this uh, YouTube channel existed and i mean they do star wars they do halo which i mean i'm a big halo fan as well we should maybe talk about that because they're doing a halo tv show that i have actually a lot of feelings about i'm sure you do <laughs> feelings that you accuse me of being like non-judgmental with everything else but really with halo i'm starting to be like no i will burn your studios to the ground even though it's not original to you? I will burn their studios to the ground. <laughs> I'm not there uh, yet, but I'm like, I, uh, no, you, no. Like, they're putting in all the little key moments, but it's like it's twisted. It's not, yeah, it's not right. Like, it's right, but it's not right. <laughs> I've tried to like... Halo, I just... We can't be friends anymore. I liked it in a nostalgic way, because growing up, that was the game that everybody had, and I loved the music. I liked the music. Mm. Um, loved it. It made everything seem so epic. 
but um, I don't think I've ever even beat the game, honestly, because of those head alien things that attack you in there. The flood. The flood is creepy. I don't like the flood. They're really creepy. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't really like that. That... It was fun until the flood. <laughs> so like halfway through the game. And then I'm like, oh, this is gross. Right. And I tried to I tried to push through the game, but I just didn't really like it. So that's uh, it. Yeah, that's I that. like the game. <laughs> All right, anyway, the YouTube channel is called Meta Nerds Lore. And they go in depth on characters and ships and storylines from so far, I've seen Star Wars and Halo, but it's Meta Nerds Lore, and that's nerd spelled with a Z. Yeah. yeah Neat little channel. Cool. I've seen the one on Mandalore, and there's one about Cad Bane that I want to watch. Yeah. Um, his whole life. That looks cool. I haven't watched that yet, but good stuff. I I enjoy my uh, my geekiness, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't have the time to go that in-depth with things. But it's a neat channel. It's good to watch. Our dishwasher broke over the weekend, so I had the General Grievous thing playing while I was washing all of the dishes. Because there was a load in the washer, and there was a load and a half in the sink, and it was just, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Lindsay? Hmm? How do we know it's Jesus? How do we know it's Jesus? Well, can, can I ask you some questions? Yes, you may. You may ask me questions. (laughs) Okay, so you have come back into the faith to a degree. Yes. Sorry, I I always hate saying that you're a Christian. I don't don't try to assume that, but... Mm. So, correct me if I ever screw this up or... Right, right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I feel guilty because... I feel guilty all the time <laughs> about everything, but in particular, I think I'm a Christian. I don't know. Like, how sure do I have to be? <laughs> That's, you know, so I think so. Yep. Doubt is never fully eliminated. Well, I hope not, because I, if I, if doubt is an eliminating factor, I don't think I make the cut, but um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm really, I honestly am trying to situate myself where I feel where I am solidly a Christian. Like, but I just have, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not sure exactly. I, I, I would describe myself if somebody asked that I'm a Christian. Okay. For you, why, why Jesus? Like, what brought you to Jesus years ago? What brought you back to Jesus? Why do you, at least at this point where you're at, think that Jesus makes sense? Not not your doubts, but like the the positives, the the why he makes sense. Sorry. To be frank, I learned about Jesus when I was like an embryo, and he's just always been a part of my upbringing. Is that the only reason? It's just a part of. Well, it's where it starts, and I don't know exactly. I don't know where that ends and experience begins. Okay. I mean, like, I, he's a part of my, the backdrop of my life and my culture, my church life. I mean, it's sort of the, the center of my, <laughs> my formative years. So, I mean, but I don't know exactly if that makes it true, but 
So for you, it having always been there is a huge piece of why Jesus, but it's also not, it doesn't satisfy the why Jesus. Yeah. Is that a correct summary? Yeah. Like if it's, it's like I'm a fish and you're trying to explain me why water. (laughs) This is where I live. This is where I live. You know, so I don't know if it ever, that's part of the puzzling nature of it is, is this just because of where I live in time and place? Or is it because Jesus really talks, reached out to me? Or is it, well, yeah, he reached out to you because it's pervasive in your life. It's very pervasive. So to me, that's, that doesn't make it easier to come to conclusions because it's just sort of, well, yeah, since I grew up a Christian, I grew up a Christian. I was born into a Christian family. So. Okay. That has you there like a fish in water, but it also has you doubting, not because of experience, but why, why does it have you doubt? If I can ask that. Because if I grew up in a Muslim family or if I grew up in a Buddhist family or if I grew up believing in Anansi the Spider, I would have come to a different conclusion. And would God or Jesus have reached through and cut through all that false religion? And, you know, or would I just be devoutly Muslim or devoutly whatever else? I just happen to be born a Christian. But that so that doesn't exactly speak to its truth. It just speaks to my demographic. So that's part of the reason why you doubt, because it's, is it just really the luck of my birth yeah. against what is true and what is not? Right. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. It, it has no bearing on whether it is true or false. That's something I have to f- figure out <laughs> besides the fact of my upbringing. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, it's, this is to get an idea and a background of, you know, why you're running through and processing the way you are and understanding that i think it enables the conversation a little bit better to be able to say oh okay so you know providing a proof of existence isn't you you're not going to accept what are my experientials because they're my experientials you, which is why you're leaning into that logic side of things because you want you, you want a solid piece of logic that you can look at and say this is it this is why i think Right. Because I have experientials, too. You know, I've had cool moments that I've attributed to God or that I've attributed to Jesus. I've had cool dreams. I've had cool moments where strangers will come up and say things to me that in a way would is, is very, very highly coincidental or possibly God. So but I don't <laughs> want to lean too heavy on experientials because you know because in a way that woman who talked to me was tapping into a language that is part of christian culture so it could just be coincidence that she used certain very uh evocative words to me that yeah you know christiany it's christiany stuff you know like that i'm chosen by god and i'm I'm god's god sees me as his his warrior his knight or whatever well, that made me feel really good, but at the same time, the the idea of of us being warriors is that's not like a unique, super crazy thought. That's you know, language that everybody's familiar with in Christianity. Yeah, so churchies, yeah. So very cool, and it meant a lot to me at the time. But at the same time, it, I couldn't say yes. I don't know. So. Hmm. Sorry, I got a couple different thoughts running through my head, and I'm trying to. 
think about which one I want to ask. But it, if you have anything, jump in. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't. You don't? I'm interested in what you. I'm interested in what you're gonna say, and the idea, the the, the thing I'm hanging on right now, if that's the right expression, is. How convinced do I have to be <laughs> to be for Jesus to be like, okay, she's good. <laughs> All right. She believes enough. <laughs> what? You've just added a third path. What I'm chewing on in my head over here is I'm, I'm part of what you're questioning is the nature and reality of existence is what I perceive real. And we've talked a little bit about that as well. Uh, another piece of what you are questioning is entirely blank. It just, whew, right away, bye, see ya. It was a pretty thought, it went away. I'll come back to it, it'll smack me in the face later. Uh, and then the third part that you just added is, you know, what is that finite measure of enough for salvation, if this is real? Is, yeah. is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's going to bother me that that second thought just went away. And how do we know we really oh, believe logic, it? Oh, logic! Logic! Yes! You you want a pretty piece of logic to hang your hat on and say, this is, this is how I know God exists. Yeah. And then to extrapolate out in the direction of God's existence, if you will. Is, yeah. that, is that fair to say that these are like three summaries of, of where you're at? Yeah. Yeah. You're making faces at me. Are you sure it's fair to say? I think you so, can, yeah. You can tell me I'm wrong. No, no, I, I, I'm processing through what you're saying, and I think I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So you were going to say something with the, you know, the Jesus and what is the measure of, the exact amount of measure of salvation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So having, it's like when you grow up believing a certain thing, you take it for granted that you believe these things. Do we believe what we believe in Christianity, or we do we just accept it because that's how we've brought that's what we've been brought up believing. You just accept it as reality, and is that the same as having like a real belief? Like I assume certain things about reality because it's just how I was brought up. That's why I couldn't be an atheist because I've believed in God so long. It's just sort of my knee jerk reaction. I can't not believe in God. But is that like a habit or is that really believing in God? Is it just because it's so absurd to think there is no God? And is that the same as truly believing it? Like or understanding it? Okay. Because people believed that, that the earth was flat for a long time. And, and it was absurd to think that anything else was true. And they couldn't not believe that the earth was flat. And they like killed people that said otherwise. But that doesn't mean that it was true. I guess that's what bothers me, is that I assume certain things about existence, but people have assumed things and still been wrong. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just want something besides that to... Yeah, I don't want to believe it just because I've always done so, because that's boring. <laughs> taking the brief diversion, this is part of the what I look at and question and wrestle with as a parent, especially as, you know, I work in the church. Yeah, I'll go a step back. My father worked in the school when I was a kid. He worked for the school district. He was, you know, uh, an administrator. And because of that, I saw some of the worst aspects of education 
what the school system can do. Mm-hmm. And so there's a part of me that is disillusioned with with traditional education because I've seen some of the people behind it and how their individual motives can wreck the grander goal that is education. Yeah. So I know that's a piece of things in my life because of, you know, what was my father's work, what was the inside tract on seeing some of that. And I wrestle with that because I look at what I do in ministry with my kids who have that inside track to some of the, you know, what is going on in the church, how I work at the church, but that doesn't mean I don't come home stressed. And and I worry about that. And it's a very upfront worry because what foundation am I setting them on for down the road? I don't want them to just believe because it's what I have believed. I want them to be able to be curious and ask questions and explore those questions. And I'm trying to navigate what that looks like has been very unique as a parent. Mm. And I know I'm not the only one because I've talked to some other pastors and youth workers who are in that same boat trying to navigate this with kids because it can hurt. So hearing what you're saying, questioning, because it's what I've always known. You've also spent some time in the church world, in some negative environments in the church world that have been very detrimental in their way. And just kind of understanding that I get that because it's, it is kind of my level of paranoia with where I'm at and what I'm doing. Mm. Sorry. Brief aside to, Mm -hmm. Mm. to I hear you because I worry about it from my kid's perspective. Um, but okay. No, that's God. Well, in addition to what you're saying, psychologically, our identities are super wrapped up in our religion like it's it's taboo to not be religious like your parents and that kind of adds an element that makes it hard to evaluate whether something's true or false because you will hurt your people you will hurt your family if you are not their political party or if you are not their political party not so much now but um (laughs) you're their religion you know it's like it's deeply, deeply ingrained in you that it is a part of who we are as a family to be religious, to be Christian, which makes it um, offensive to yourself um, and to your family to question or to um, evaluate other possibilities. Even if they try to be accepting, you know you're still going to hurt them. And, okay, if, if this is true, if Christianity is true, which, which, like I said, I, I, I consider myself a Christian, but sometimes, it, it, like, like I've been saying, it's hard to divorce a culture from a belief system. But if it is actually true to the letter, then your eternal place is on the line and your children's eternal place is on the line, which makes it... which. I get that there is a, a, a sobriety and a, a fear of your child going to hell or you going to hell that is in there. But, but on the other hand, it's mixed in with this. It's a big, well, gamble. Believing, not believing, believing the correct way, believing enough or not enough. You know, which one is, which way is the right way? Yeah. And I, I, I almost want to say maybe it's better to try to separate out that fear 
and heaviness and I don't know, because it's not much of a choice for your kids. It's not really a choice. If we raise them like this, it's not a choice for them. This is just how it is. And is that good or bad? Because now, because I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. How can you believe? It's like not about believing or not believing. It's, I don't know. It's very complicated. And <laughs> I, I get it. So, uh, I'm going to, ah, wow, that was weird. I'm going to borrow from a book. It's called The Guns of August. And there, you've read this? I wanted to. It's on my list. Ah, I guess it was okay. one of my grandpa's favorite books. I, it's one of my father's favorites. And he got me to read it a year or two back. And uh, there's a line in there. I'm going to badly quote it. But it stuck with my dad. And it, it stuck with me because of that. And as the precursors to war are building, it's basically the politicians say, well, we're in a position where all we can do is roll the iron dice. Mm. Now, I'm badly quoting the line, but it to me it resonated because, ooh, wow, that's actually also very good of questions of faith. So I, I actually keep a pair of iron dice on my desk. Mm. Because if you roll in faith, in life, you make a decision in anything. If you roll that proverbial iron dice, I mean, it's... I'm moving coffee mugs out of the way. But it's detrimental. And when they're cast, I mean, they have an effect on what you roll on. They have an effect on what decisions you make, if you will. Again, going in that proverbial sense. Because... Because you're casting a lot that you don't come back from easily. And that seems to be, again, a big piece of your question where it's, you know, Christianity has killed millions of peoples over the years because of the impassioned rightness that, that occasionally happens or crusade that has happened or, 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 or. Uh, and there are errors in Christianity. There are errors in Islam and Buddhism, and 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 because we're human, we're flawed, we're broken. And if you don't think the way I think, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Right? Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't. It's not always good, and. That's maybe one of the worst flaws of humanity is this desire to create uniformity amongst ourselves over individuality. And uniformity isn't bad, but I mean we can't we can't sacrifice all for the good of one and we can't sacrifice the good of one for the all. That neither one works. It has to be all of us working together and separately. To make it work. Yeah. So. There's a whole philosophy behind that. That we should maybe talk about at some point as well. But that's another time. <laughs> mm. Okay. So. But that's that's the core of why there's that upheaval within you. And why. Why the questions. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Why? <laughs> no. And that's okay. Yeah. Um. And I think I've asked this before, and we've kind of 
danced around it to a degree, but what is like that level of logic or philosophy that would have you, well, okay, let me rephrase this. Have you come to a point where you have found a level of logic and philosophy that has you saying, not because the foundation you were set on is Christian, but because, yes, I think this makes sense, that a God, not mm. not the Judeo-Christian Yahweh, but a God started this whole ball of wine. Have you come to a point where you, you are... <laughs> I, I called it wine. a ball of wine. Twine. You did. Wow. But it was awesome because it was like ball of wax and ball of twine and wine. It was, was like, so who doesn't want a ball of wine, I think. But yeah, I get what you're saying. And I think um, over the past couple of weeks, I've sort of... Through for through a lot of reading and thinking, I've I have had some come to a few uh, uh, trains of thought or or philosophy that have made me feel a little more settled, and and that is like we were discussing last week the the idea of the Aristotelian first cause mm-hmm. that that is pretty solid to me. Uh, I like that. That makes me feel safe and good. I like that. I understand that. And also the what we were talking about with perfection, where you accused me of being a Calvinist. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I, I you like a very finite order to things. Mm-hmm. Are Are you one of those people who's like so OCD that you alphabetically organize CDO? If I didn't have um, children, I would be much more that way. But like, yes, all my Star Wars books are in chronological order right now. Yeah, like mine. Okay. So yes, I do like order and and things. And I and I'm really, I'm not, I'm not a Calvinist. And not that there's anything wrong with the Cal- Calvinism. Good, old, good for you guys. I some of my favorite people in the world. Are, are Calvinists, but um, in in a philosophical Platonian way, the idea of perfection is very interesting to me because there is no perfection in this universe. Nothing is perfect. Everything is en- entropying. Is that a word? F- is degrading, is falling apart, is broken, is imperfect. So where do we then get the idea of perfection? I like that is that is also logically I like that idea. I think that is also a tick in the column of there's a God. I, I do think there's a God. So that answers your question. That there are two things there sitting there that yes, pushes me to uh conclude that there is a God. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was your question. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was, you know, is there something that has, philosophy-wise, that has brought you to that conclusion of, yes, I can say that there is a God. So, I mean, you have the foundation of Christianity that you you have been raised in and is built around you, and you have a conclusion that has brought you to, yes, I can say there is a God, I'm here because this is what I know and what is comfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's a part of you that wants affirmation and a little bit of logic to affirm. Yeah, to affirm that where you're standing with it is is the correct one. Is, is that an, a fair assessment? I, 
I, th- I think so. Yes. I mean, I, I still logically ha- haven't made the leap exactly like in my in logic uh, from there is a God to absolutely like I don't get how we make that leap. I know that he's that it's like we've gotten to the conclusion that it's Jesus because of the way we've been brought up. But apart from that education and that upbringing, how would we have come to that conclusion without that in our background? Uh, I don't really know. I don't know if that answers your question. It answers some of the question that you're having and clarifies it for me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then then really the core exploration that you want to know is why it's not that it's not that if there is a God, it's why this God. Yes. Okay. It's a it's a good spot to arrive to. <laughs> yeah. Cause now we have clarity, we've defined where where things stand and it gives us what is the springboard of of question to move into so Mm -hmm. i guess outside of your upbringing i mean do you see what do you see that causes you to be curious about the other religions trains of thoughts and beliefs i'm not i'm not curious really about other religions like I guess to me, it's either Christianity, Jesus, or more of a deist thing happening. Okay. It's either this guy, particular, or he set things in motion, boop, and he's there, and maybe you go somewhere when you die. You know, maybe maybe in some way your energy carries on, or a ghosty kind of force ghost thing happening, but I don't... I don't really like, I'm not leaning towards anything else in particular. It's just either he's interested in me and he loves me and it's him and he wrote the Bible, so to speak, or. So Christianity or deism. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That actually helps a lot. (laughs) Because again, (laughs) it, it narrows it. It's, well, what are we talking about? So we're not just talking about everything. It's. These are the two trains of thought that you are, that are colliding within you. Mm. Mm -hmm. So why does deism appeal to you? Because in Christianity, we take a lot on faith. We believe in faith that he cares about us. And sometimes we have, sometimes we get this image or this picture because of good things that happen that he loves us. But a lot of the times... It's sort of like in opposition with this idea that we are alone and there's nothing because look at all the bad things because because people do die of cancer because children the I, I I'm not sure if I'm explaining this right but what we believe is in opposition with reality of what happens in the world the reality of what happens in the world the things that happen makes me feel that we are at the mercy of nature. We are at the mercy of chance and that there is nothing governing the world for good. It's really just chance. I see that and that is the force in opposition to uh, our faith. Okay. So when we try to have faith, we're having faith that he cares, that he wants to make us better, 
that he has a plan to fix what's broken. So that that's a big reason why you struggle then, because you feel like there is a disconnect between the good God of the Bible and then what is the reality of existence. Why does bad happen to good people kind of thing? Is that a correct summary or? Uh, I'm hung up on the good God of the Bible thing a little bit because I think what I'm hung up on is our idea of the good God of the Bible. You know, like what our our conclusions about the God of the Bible, because because like the Bible says certain things. And if we could just take the Bible for its word. Um, let, let me I'm jump sorry. in because I think we've we've had this fight before. And I I think I see where you're at. So, yeah, let me, if I'm I'm getting this wrong. But Scripture is filled with moments where God gets pretty intense and wipes out a few people groups here and there. And God gets kind of angry and pours out some really intense punishments. And, you know, saying the good God of the Bible is just putting that sugar glaze over top of what is a complex relationship and not entirely acknowledging what are the darker moments of scripture and belief. Yeah, but but even if you were to take the good with the bad, you st- like okay, sorry. I'm trying really hard. This is a very big 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 thoughts that I'm trying to connect. Mm-hmm. If you just took the Bible at face value, then Things should be really way much, way, way better than they are. Sorry. Um, for people, for, for Christians that actually, for, for people that believe in the Bible. I'm sorry. I'm now I'm losing my train of thought. Um, All right. Here's what we're going to do. Take me back. No, no, no. Lindsay, Lindsay. Hang on. What? Here's what we're going to do. What? I'm calling okay. a timeout. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm out of coffee. Let's get our heads sorted. Okay. Okay. And I'll take you back when we come back. How's that sound? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go get some more coffee. You get coffee, hug a child, whatever you need. All right. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Blacker than the deepest night, more bitter than the fires of hell itself. That is coffee. Okay. How you doing? Good. Good. I'm trying to get back the thread of... Get the thread back. No, that's okay. So, if you don't get it back immediately, that's fine. We can... We still have some time with a few more episodes on stuff like this. Yeah. Well, okay. I think... I think what I was trying to say, and help me if I... You know, to get... to Because get, I don't want to get off track, but... Just taking the Bible as it is... With the good and the bad, it contrasts with reality. And people have to comment on it and say things about it to explain why reality is the way it is. Mm-hmm. Makes it hard to believe that, we, that it can't just stand by itself. It's subject to everybody's interpretation. And uh, so, which is why it's hard for it to, to me, for it to stand up against the way things are. For, for it, because of the chaos that is the world and how everything seems to be so subject to chance and not governed by any particular 
It doesn't seem to be governed by any particular deity who is super involved, which the Bible says that's not the case. And if the Bible were taken at its word, it wouldn't be that way. So I think that's what we were saying. And originally it was that that's why that's the opposition that I feel. That unless we explain away or explain things about the Bible and about how we are reading it wrong or we're bringing something wrong to it, um, that's the opposition that I face. That's the opposition. I hope I answered the question. My, my brain exploded and then I lost. <laughs> Trying to articulate this, it's like it's stuff that's just in the back of my head and I don't, I've, I haven't really thought about it really well okay let, let me try and summarize and, and make sure i have a clear understanding of what you're saying okay okay um good luck <laughs> you're looking at what is the chaos of the world mm. correct yeah and then looking at the bible which you feel should solve or resolve that chaos yes through the laws that are outlaid through the correct living that is expected through the belief and faith right right yes and but part of where your problem is is that there seems to be a kind of difference in translation or presentation to what that correct living and law is based on denominations perspectives historically Exactly. And so when, with that having not matched up, it's, well, is scripture valid or is this a best attempt from a historical perspective of generations of people to make the best laws to live in a community and group? Right. And yeah, like that's right. That's what's left over at the end is it's, it's a way to live. This is, this is a moral way to live, but you got to kind of, there's a lot of stuff you just got to get rid of or explain away, but the gem of it is the good stuff, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, that sort of thing. That's the stuff that survives the test of interpretation <laughs> and denomination. Okay. okay. So I, which is part of where your struggle is with it then? Yes. Okay. Got it. think I understand. Cool. I Good. think. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the struggle with scripture. Why do you feel that deism is a potential? Because everything could fall under that heading of a, a, a being who is there. It had to come from somewhere. It explains morality it explains how we got here but other than that it's sometimes good things happen and sometimes bad things happen and then we die okay that's kind of what the world looks like so that's why deism because because nothing more specific jumps out at me you know okay so there's a comfort in that very broad scope that is deism that is you know yeah god started it and that's it. That was his level of interest. I think the comfort, the comfort is simply that there is not nothing. 
when we die. I don't know what. So it's sort of like deism agnosticism. <laughs> Deist agnosticism where I don't know the specifics, but, but clearly it just seems more easily believable that he doesn't care really about me. So I think I have the correct definitions, but agnosticism is effectively looking and saying, yeah, God exists, but yeah. Well, agnosticism is more like we can't know, so it's not exactly. Agnosticism is like who knows. I I so but but for me the agnostic the not knowing comes with the specifics. Like so here there's a person uh and this this isn't what I believe, okay? But this is what is in opposition in my head or in my heart or whatever. Yeah. This is what I I I I slide towards and then I get pulled back to Christianity or it's the fight in my head okay. where, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 no. And that's okay. You're articulating something that is, it is very personal and not, when you have thoughts and arguments in your head, they're not always the most refined because mm. you're still working on them. You're still developing them into that train of thought. So yeah. there's no judgment on that. This is just, you know, let's build the conversation. Let's talk about what's going on and. You know, see where we get. But as I've understood agnosticism and deism, I mean, agnosticism is, yeah, God exists. That's the end of it. That just whatever. And, and I'm giving agnosticism? Summaries. Yeah. Or deism? No, agnosticism. Deism is God exists. God is good. And he wants us to be good. But his personal involvement is kind of like absentee father. Yeah, yeah, I exist. Yeah. I want you to be good, but I'm going to go watch the, the game over here and don't kill each other. Yeah, uh, basically, I, I think. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, I, the definition of agnostic is an, a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence of or nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomena. So, like, we can't know. Okay. There's no knowing. Who knows? Yeah. I, I always understood, you know, God, them, them saying that, yes, God exists, and that's about the end of it. Something higher exists, not God. We'll say it that way. Probably. It's like probably, probable, <laughs> but right. And deism is defined as a belief in the existence of a supreme being, specifically of a creator who does not intervene in the universe. The term is used chiefly of an intellectual movement of the 17th and 18th centuries that accepted the existence of a creator on the basis of reason, but rejected belief in a supernatural deity who interacts with humankind. Whereas theism ascribes to a particular god or gods, deism sort of, it's not as specific, I don't think. So then part of the question that, that we should explore is... Do you believe that God is interested in you? Not the world. Not your family. Yeah. You. That's what I struggle with. That's what I struggle with. So I try to believe that. And sometimes things happen that make me think he does. But, but I struggle. That's my struggle. Okay. Which is part of where and why you would fluctuate, why you fluctuate in and out of the deism Christianity mindsets. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Not like today. It's not like I wake up and be like, well, today I'm a deist or anything. It's just... Yeah, no, it's... I feel... It's almost like a feeling of... Like a... Like a... What do you call that? When you... Like a, like a flush. Like a... When you're... When you feel hot and cold at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're sick. <laughs> it's like that. It's not a good feeling. It's just... I feel like if I don't pursue or if I don't try my butt off, he'd just let me go sometimes. Unless I try my butt. Try my butt. (laughs) Unless I try really hard to pursue Christianity and pursue God, he wouldn't mind letting me go. He'd just let me go. He'd just let me leave. Because Mm. so it's not a good feeling. And Christianity, I, I like there have been cool times like the other day, a couple weeks ago at church, I went up to, for prayer from my friend. And then this other woman came up who's like the church prophetess, kind of. Like she's the only one in church who speaks in tongues ever. <laughs> and she's she came up to me and was and she, she said she had... Well, she just started praying, and but it was, like, from God. Like, she said it was from God. And the things she said were very um, attuned to things that I'd been asking or wondering or God was. So that made me feel really good and kind of chided a little bit, too. And she said, like, she said the word philosophy in her thing that was supposed to be from God, which I, I don't think she listens to the podcast. So that's interesting. Which made me feel like, okay, he does notice me. Maybe he does notice me, you know, or hear me. Do you feel like that in your life from childhood to this day, like you have been worth any of the attention you have received from people, from your husband, from your family, from people? Um... I don't really know exactly what I think about that, but okay. I think maybe yes, maybe yes. Okay. I I guess I think highly of myself <laughs> in a way. Like I I value certain things about myself. No, that's that's okay. I, sorry, it's, I think sometimes there's a uh, a mindset that goes with you know I don't feel like I'm worth pursuit from God. That's followed by, I don't feel like I am worth pursuit from people. I'm not sure I feel that way. Um, I just maybe feel like he, like, rejected, I guess. I feel looked over or rejected. But I don't think I feel grovelly or like, don't look at me, don't look at me. I don't think I feel that way. If anything, I, I feel like I have something special or something to offer that people don't accept or people don't give me the chance to show them that I have something cool that I am in a way I don't mean to sound conceited either but I just I feel like people overlook me you Hmm. know so I don't think I have a super big self-esteem issue in that way Um, I'm not sure if that's good or bad but so it's not that I just think people maybe it's not good enough or not as good as I think it is or that it's an answer. That's <laughs> it's not a wrong if one. People... It's an answer. <laughs> yeah. So 
If people only knew what they were missing, you know? <laughs> uh, sorry. Share this podcast with your friends so Lindsay can not be missed. <laughs> but you do feel slightly overlooked, but not in the sense that you haven't been given a fair shake of things. You just, I don't want to say value me, but, it, you know, I'm here. I have valid thoughts. I guess sometimes I my... my uh anxiety is that god thinks i'm boring and frustrating and dumb and um just frustrated with me like <laughs> mm. <laughs> like um yeah <laughs> you, you know there is a scripture for people who feel that way what's that and it's not in matthew oh <laughs> what what <laughs> okay apart <laughs> There's a version in Matthew, but Luke 15, 1 to 7. Mm-hmm. It's the parable of the lost sheep. Why does one sheep matter? Mm. Why does the shepherd leave the 99 to go get the one? And obviously of the 99, that one sheep is the absolute idiot who just got distracted by a flower. It's like, ooh, pretty, gone. <laughs> It doesn't even have the mindset to be in the herd. It's just, hey, I'm going to embrace my ADD and away I go. Mm. <laughs> and yet, Jesus is saying that one sheep is worth it. Mm. Which I think is relevant to what you're saying. You can yell at me later if it's not. But I, I think that's relevant to what you say, what you feel, where it's, you are worth it and god's not bored by you you know you you're from my perspective and my belief yeah you might be off chasing some of the flowers but he's pursuing you he's searching for you <laughs> i think he has i think he does have things for you to do i mean you you do have an incredible mind an incredible spirit and passion and you know i i don't think that he's bored in any way with you, that he has created you in a very specific and unique way to be Lindsay, but to also speak into this world and his creation. Now, I'm using Christianese, I'm using belief and faith and some basic assumptions, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, I think there's value that you bring and that value is phenomenal. And I think Thank it you. reveals God in this world whether or not you see that. Mm. And that's okay. Sometimes we don't see how... I have had this happen in youth ministry where I, I've had slow burns of students who I have felt like, oh, I, I've wasted my time. Nothing sank in. And then 10 years later, they're like, oh, you did this lesson that was this and it changed my life. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's cool. I, so... You know, don't, don't dismiss yourself, but don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Which is what we've been trying to do is ask questions and explore and yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's a good reminder. Yeah. No majorly deep philosophy in this one, but I, I think this has been a good conversation. I don't know. Where are you at? It has. It's probably but, been... Well, it's been... A good dive into my feelings and thoughts about this sort of thing and needed, necessary. 
at least from my perspective, it's helping me understand why, like, the first two rounds of this conversation that we did that, you know, are divided by what, what was that apology, it, it helps me understand kind of why those things went in that direction and, and the areas I missed and where the value is in this conversation for you, if that makes sense. Mm. Because... Yeah. It's defining what is the question a little bit better and the conversation a little bit better than just philosophy. Yay! So, right. But all right, so you're good. You're yeah. You you look like you're processing, like you're thinking. I I am in a nothing exactly to say, but I I'm I've I, yeah I'm processing our conversation and it's good. You're not going to be in trouble this week. Oh. <laughs> But Please, maybe if I was I editing, <laughs> maybe I'll so, be in trouble this week because you're editing. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't think so. But no, I, uh, I'm preaching this week. I already know I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble with my wife, maybe. Oh boy. And the boss. We're going to see. <laughs> So, uh, this comes out after the sermon, so I can say this anyway. It, Melinda and I celebrated 14 years this week. Yay, congratulations! You were at our wedding. You were one of the photographers. And I had to dig yeah. to find, like, a picture of you at the wedding. And it's just you, like, looking down the aisle, leaning out far enough that we could see. Oh, look, there's Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm actually using a joke that I was told right before the wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. So I, I can use this illustration. We can laugh. But the the wedding was supposed to happen at like one o'clock or something. I don't remember what the time was. But me and the groomsmen, we were all, you know, on the side ready to go into the sanctuary for the service to start. And I don't remember who, whether it was one of the, the bridesmaids or... Uh, the wedding planner, whoever, they came back and they're like, so, and as a groom, when the, the sentence starts with so, there's that panic. I'm like, oh crap, the, the bride is bolted. I'm, I'm done. And my mother's made it very clear <laughs> the return policy sucks. I get kicked out. <laughs> but, you know, she's like, so, the bride would like to know, yep, nope, I am definitely not getting married. And she continues, and it was, the bride's grandmother's running about 10 to 15 minutes late. Can we push the service back 10 to 15 minutes? I'm like, is grandmother code for she ran? Okay. <laughs> I'm freaking out. But, you know, grandma really was running late. She was from Chicago, not familiar with the area. Anyway, that happened. It's yes, we can push it back 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is for grandma to get there. She leaves. I'm standing there, still trying to figure out, is this code for I'm not about to get married? Mm -hmm. And all of the groomsmen, nobody was in a relationship. Nobody knew what tensions I'm going through. And so they didn't know what to do with what's running through my head. But my youth pastor, who knew me since I was like 10, picks up on where my head's at. He's been married for years. He's seen multiple weddings that he's done. Picks up on it, and he, uh, he tells a joke. I'm still debating on how appropriate this joke is, but it's the joke that started my wedding. Okay. And he goes, in heaven, the Germans will be the mechanics, 
the English will be the police, and the French will be the cooks. Okay. In hell, the Germans will be the police, the English will be the cooks, <laughs> and the French will be the mechanics. <laughs> I'm opening my sermon with that joke and that story. So, you know, we'll see how much trouble I get in. <laughs> but that that has always stuck with me because it, it it was just reading what the moment was and diffusing it in an entirely different way. But yeah. So anyway, we'll see how much trouble I get in this week with other things in my life. How about that? Do tell. Do tell. Yeah, let me keep you posted. <laughs> Happy Easter, by the way. Yes, happy Easter. This is out a week after Easter, but Easter is tomorrow. We did the, and again, I'm second fiddle in the church, so I don't have all of the stress of it, but we, we did the marathon of services, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. We have Easter tomorrow. I have a giant Easter egg on the printer behind me for tomorrow, you know. It's exciting. Yay, good. I, I love Easter. Like, I feel like it needs to be a bigger party. <laughs> I don't know. I, there's a part of me. That's, I'm still actually kind of debating this, but like, part of me is like, I I really want to get like those poppers, but those big spring loaded poppers tomorrow. Just be like, yay, he is risen. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> that like have the confetti. Yeah, that's that's like how excited I feel with this. Where I'm like, yeah, he is risen. Ah, like this needs to be huge. <laughs> and that's how I feel every year. Right. So, trying to be calm. That's cool. Trying not to fill the church with confetti. One of these years, I'm going to do it. But trying not to. Not this year. Maybe next. As long as you vacuum after. You know, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> He's risen. I mean, but, the, the church should look like it was a party. Now, all right. I've got to stop. That's good. I like I'm, it. I like sorry, it. I'm excited. I'm with you. <laughs> so, but. Yeah. All right. We good? Yeah. We good? We're good. Yeah, we're good. All right. We got two more episodes where we're going to explore and bounce around with this, and then we're going to finally dive into Star Wars. Yes. Yes. I'm going to Galaxy's Edge. 42 days. Galaxy's Edge is coming quickly, and I am so excited. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ah, oh, so excited. So, all right. All right, get out of here. Yeah, we'll pick up next week. Alright, talk to you later. You too. And thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the 42 Podcast. Please take a moment to like and subscribe. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter to add your voice to the conversation. Thank you.